Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Album of the Week, weekly series here on the Consequence Sound Podcast Network that features an in-depth discussion on the week's most topical release right here. And I am your host, Dedrick Hendricks. Every week I'm joined by a writer from Consequence of Sound. Either we're talking a new album that is the most topical release of the week, but this week we got a classic album review. Today we're traveling back to 1984 where the Smiths released their self-titled album, where the actual lead single, I believe, was You've Got Everything Now. But we're going to dig a little bit deeper. We have a great guest joining us today. Before we get started here, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, everywhere podcasts are available. Make us one of your favorites to keep up to date with this podcast, Album of the Week series, right here on the Consequence of Sound Podcast Network. To help talk about this classic review, we have Libby Cudmore, who has a fantastic review up at consequencesound.net if you guys want to check out her written review it is up on the website but Libby thanks for joining me today thanks for having me it's good to be here absolutely I'm excited as well um, big Smiths fan um, it's I, I'm really glad you put this in the review though because admittedly and I tried to do this you know I tried to go back and listen to this as if I've never heard the Smiths before and as if Morrissey is not a douche um, oh, he's and, the worst. <laughs> so I did it justice okay I tried my best I turned all the lights off as you requested and tried to pretend as if I'd never heard the Smiths before and I did I did okay um, so let's uh, so let's go ahead and dig into it okay let's let's just kind of you know preview this album in case anyone may or may not have heard of the Smiths um, I mean, here's the thing with the Smiths. I feel like they're one of those bands that you had to have listened to at a very specific point in time, or you're just not going to get them. It's not something you can like dig into mm-hmm. uh, in in your you know 40s and be like, "Hey, you want to go back and listen to the Smiths?" Like that time has passed. When did you first listen to them? Um, I admittedly, it was when I was watching a movie called 500 Days of Summer. Um, I don't know. Uh, if yeah. I don't know if you've seen that one. Um, it's with uh, Zoe Deschanel. And uh, yep. for some reason, I'm spacing on the guy's name. But a uh, great movie. That, w- that was the first time I heard the Smiths. Obviously, they had a couple songs in there. That was the first time I heard them. And then obviously, I went back because there's two songs in the movie. And then that was my introduction to the Smiths. And There is a Light and Never Goes Out was the one song. Great and song. That was yeah, that was the first one. I love it. So that's what got me to dig a little bit deeper into the catalog. Um, so here, and, I, and I'm glad you said this in review, and you could talk a little bit more about this. It's honestly great to listen to, whether it is if it is 1984 or if it's here in 2019. This is a good introduction. I don't think I've never met anyone where this is a favorite. It, it's kind of it's it's a starter kit. You get like a little bit of all the you get like the miserable Morrissey. You get. You know, Johnny Mars, wonderful sort of jangle pop sound. You get sort of funny Morrissey, like little touches of it. So it's, it's kind of the Whitman sampler of what the Smiths will sort of later become known for as you go into later albums. I guess the biggest album, I guess we could say, is The Queen is Dead. I would say oh, it's probably yeah. their that's probably their biggest, and they released that just a couple of years after this one. So let, let's start digging in. Okay, let's introduce the band. I know a lot of people know Morrissey, um, good or bad. Probably, <laughs> probably more, probably Mostly more bad, bad these days. <laughs> Absolutely. God, he's he's really. I feel like I've never had a conversation with anybody about the Smiths. It didn't first start with like, okay, let's all admit Morrissey is a trash fire. Yeah. But actually, um, uh, one of my friends, my friend Jay, said. Um, Morrissey should have died at like 30 and just become like a Christ figure for a generation, which I think is the best way anyone has ever summed up Morrissey. I was like, that's it. You, you, 
<laughs> yeah, but, yeah, no one can top that. That sums it up. That's pretty good. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of in terms of the Smiths, though, obviously they wouldn't be the Smiths without them. Um, you do have Johnny Marr who kills the guitar all the way throughout this. Oh my god! Um, by the way, his new stuff is fantastic too. Just to throw that in there. It's, yeah, it is. It sounds when you think of like that Smith sound, that contrast of his really again like the the kind of sixties Roger McGuinn kind of guitar sound against Morrissey's like banshee wailing. Marr has sort of carried that Smith sound further than Morrissey has. Morrissey's later stuff is a little edgier. Um, it's a little harder, but he's sort of, Johnny Marr's carried that sort of more lilting sound. I heard a lot of like what you think of when you think of the Smith mm-hmm. on his new album. It was so great. Yeah, just a quick shout out to Johnny Marr and his 2018 album called The Comet. A uh, quick shout out for him on that because I enjoyed that. But yeah, let's let's dig in a little bit to the self-titled album, The Smiths. Um, let's let's start with some of the tracks and some of our favorite moments, the good that we enjoyed from this album. For me, the one that well, I, I actually I want to give a shout out to the hand that rocks the cradle. I've been thinking about this album a lot lately. Uh, my friend Beth just had a baby. My friend uh, Liz is having a baby. Mm-hmm. And so I've been thinking a lot about this as this, I mean, it's such a beautiful lullaby mm-hmm. and it's so, it's so sweet. It's dark, but there's just this, it's so tender. Yeah. I've just, I've been thinking about that a lot in these, these past couple days. Tell your friend congrats for me um, because will, it's, all, it's, all, it's always exciting. Um, I'm glad you mentioned it. You mentioned a couple um, other ones in there as well. I know You've Got Everything Now was the lead single, but what were some other ones that you wanted to highlight? Um, Pretty Girls Make Graves is probably my favorite. Up on the sand, up on the bay There is a quick and easy way you say I love that song. So, and then um, Hand in Glove, of course. Just uh, one of the first ones they ever wrote. Morrissey and Marr wrote it together. They're yeah. one of their first songs. My favorite track from this, and it's just... It's Mars guitar, to be honest with you. Um, it's <laughs> this charming man. So, yeah, you know what? Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna take back what I said. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say the the same because um, that. Oh, it's so everything about that, and they, there's a shorter version on Hatful Apollo, which is probably my favorite Smiths album to listen to, even though it's just kind of a singles collection. Mm-hmm. But oh man, oh this version, this is the best version with that extended guitar intro. It's just it's perfect. Yeah, kind of going back to the lullaby song I like to call, but the the hand that rocks the cradle. Um, you talked a, lo- a lot about that, you know, being kind of a bold bold choice for any musician. But kind of dig a little bit deeper into that track and why it you know sticks out to you. So, well, because I mean, these are they're you know these very very young men, all of them single, you know, all of them childless, and they write this lullaby because uh, you know it was this the sense of wanting to write about a love that wasn't between a couple that didn't have any sort of the trappings of sex. And we see that throughout, like Morrissey, you know, very famously celibate on 
just a love that is is pure and and not tainted by anything. That it's just it's just love. It's just that those that feeling of the heart. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so beautiful and sort of brave. And they were accused, I think, of, of being pedophiles with it. It's like, oh, come on. Like, <laughs> why can't it just be beautiful? Because I think it is. I don't think it's, I mean, there's a lot of things to accuse Morrissey of, but mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think this is the track to accuse him of it on. No, I agree. Um, yeah. and, and that was one, I think one of the lyrics in it, you know, that kind of is there'll be blood on the cleaver tonight. Um, and it, it, it's, it's like you said, it's dark, you know, the groove on it, you know, it's a good groove. Um, and, and like you mm-hmm. said, it stands out that these, these guys are young, you know, very young. I mean, I feel like I'm young, but they're even younger than I am. And, you know, talking about this. So let, let's dig a little bit deeper into hand and glove. That's another one that you wrote about. Why did that one stand out so much for you? Because it's, again, it's one of these sort of sexless love songs. You know it's doomed right off the top. Um, it's, I mean, even Morrissey, at the end, I'll probably never see you again. I mean, he sings that. He knows that it is anchored in only for a moment. And there's something about a, a love affair that you know is temporary mm-hmm. that is, it burns so much hotter. It feels so much deeper. And... I'm not saying it's easy to write a love song, but obviously, you know, every every artist has written one. Mm-hmm. And so, but it, this is such a specific type of love that it, it's very niche. And the, the only other band I can think of that really does these, like, incredibly niche emotions is the Magnetic Field, mm-hmm. um, especially uh, 69 Love Songs. Mm-hmm. Just these hyper-specific types of, of love songs. And this, you start to see Morrissey's, not quite silliness mm-hmm. but his sort of ever more he gets this you know real reputation of being dour but he's quite funny and quite witty yeah. and the idea like the sun shines out of our behind is like what a goofy thing to say <laughs> um but that's how you feel about someone when you're that deeply in love <laughs> yeah, I, we've all been there yeah. Whether mostly during that age. I mean, they were at that age, too, you know, where you're yeah. it's young love. You know, we, we've all I'm a little bit past that stage. Um, but, you know, these these guys again, these guys are 20 something. So let's let's take that in consideration. So we've we've kind of rant and raved about uh, Johnny Mars guitar on this, which, again, is fantastic. Morrissey's uh, moans and, you know, is is his heart bare and bruised as you put it in your review, but we can't go without mentioning, um, you know, Mike on the drums. I mean, what, what were some other yeah. things that stood out for you that you really enjoyed? Um, I was surprised. Um, I've always sort of, um, passed up on, uh, suffer little children. Cause I mean, that's a dark song. It's, it's almost sort of mm-hmm. too dark to listen to, but Actually, in listening to this again, um, I went down the, the wiki wormhole of the Moore's murders. And, I mean, that's a, songs about crime are not new, but, but this one, there's something, I mean, because the, the Moore's murders um, are so brutal, and they were so shocking. And the fact that not only did they write this song about them, mm-hmm. but that... You know, I mean, people, stores banned this this record mm-hmm. being sold. Um, but um, Morrissey became friends with one of the victim's mothers. Oh, wow. 
became friends with Anne West, uh, who was uh, victim of Leslie Ann Downey's uh, mother. Like, wow. so, I know, that's, like, there's, again, like, that sort of sweetness, that core of sweetness that runs throughout, uh, you know, sort of counter to, to Morrissey's reputation. Or, you know, I mean, now that reputation is well-earned for him being a jerk. But, <laughs> you know, they, he didn't... He, he sort of wrote this song with the intent of exploring it rather than exploiting it, I think. Yeah. Because like I said, I, I know I tried to follow your directions. I tried to go back and pretend that I never heard the Smiths and I never heard this album. I tried my best, but there's some songs that actually didn't. I, listening to them again, I just it didn't have the same feeling as when I first listened to it. Yeah. Um, and a couple, I Don't Owe You Anything. I used to love that one. But for, but, oh, yeah. But, but for some reason, this time it just didn't. I don't know. It, it it didn't hit me like it did when I first heard it. Now it's been, I want to say about six years um, since I actually heard that song. So it's been a little bit, and I'm a completely different person. Six years ago is actually, it, it it doesn't seem like a long time, but it is. Um, so oh, maybe yeah. I was maybe I was going through a different time, you know, going through some things at the time, I guess. But that was the only one really um, throughout this that really didn't hit me. You know, as much as it did, it did really didn't resonate with me as much as it did the first time I heard it. But what did you feel like that at all? You know, going back and listening to this, I know you did tell us try to try to go in and listen to it as if you never heard the Smiths and pretend that Morrissey's not the lead singer. Although that obviously is hard to get out of your mind as, yeah. soon, as, as soon as the first yeah. track starts. But um, what, what did you feel like that at all? Going back and listening to the Smiths? Uh, yeah, actually, I'm uh, still ill. Uh, which I, I loved when I was in high school. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just one of those things like, oh my God, get a job, Morrissey. It, it's, that same, it's like it's like Morrissey's version of the musical Rent. Like, you think it's so deep. It's like England is mine and it owes me a living. And ask me why and I'll spit in your eye. And you're just like, oh, shut up. <laughs> you know, for Christ's sakes, Morrissey, get it together. Like, it just, it's so, it's whiny without sort of the cleverness that you'll later hear on things like, heaven knows I'm miserable now. It's just like Morrissey being a, you know, yeah. whiny little shit. <laughs> and so that was the one where I was like, oh God, did I ever really feel like this? It's a very, it's a very teenager emotions, which again, like he yeah. was a baby when he wrote this. So, um, that was the one that, um, and the, you know, the sort of, there's a misogyny that runs underneath pretty girls make race. And I love that song. Mm-hmm. Um, because I love, I just, I, I, I love that idea of this, of, uh, him not being able to understand like why he feels the way he does sort of repulsion for this girl when he knows that society is telling him like he should, mm-hmm. you know, want to sleep with her. She seems very fast and easy. And while I love the line, a smile lights up her stupid face and well, it would, <laughs> it's also incredibly mean. Yeah. And I've, I've torn between like, that's misogynistic and mean. And, it also the whole sound of it, the way it flows, and the, the very distinct patter of it is marvelous. <laughs> so, I like it's it's loving the Smiths, as you know, is just a constant succession of mm-hmm. apologies yeah. and little compromises you make with yourself. Like, okay, this is good, but. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah going throughout and, yeah. By, and by the way i don't know why i spaced on this earlier just going back way earlier in the interview so i, I told you the two songs that i heard from uh the movie 500 days of summer and i i did mention there is a light 
um, as the first one that I heard that was in the movie. And the other one was, please, please, please let me get what I want. That was the other one. Oh, yeah. Yes, I can't And actually, believe. there's only, I've only ever heard like one band do a good Smiths cover. Ooh. And Muse actually does a really good cover of, um, of that one. Please, really? Please let me get what I want. Yeah, I was I really, I was surprised. Because they're generally kind of weak tea. Yeah. But, oh, it's, it's worth looking up. Yeah, after this interview, definitely. Because, um, <laughs> yeah, I never I never heard that. But just, just to go back, I had to go back because it was killing me. I was like, really? I'm spacing on the other song? Because There's the Light is my favorite out of the two, so I remember that one pretty easily. But, yeah, please, 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 it's a little bit smoother. And that, that was the one. Um, obviously, it's not on this album, but I, it was just killing me. <laughs> I, I had to go back and mention that. It's funny because the first time... I, cause I had to, I went back to this album. Um, and I'm always fascinated when I find other Smiths fans. Yeah. I love to know, like, how they got into the Smiths. Mine, my older sister gave me, uh, The Queen is Dead. And, mm-hmm. um, I'd also heard How Soon Is Now on the Wedding Singer soundtrack. And oh, that yeah. has actually become one of those songs where I, I always skip that one on Half Full Apollo. I'm just like, this song is, it's, to you know, you you hear a song that 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 sounds like what people think of mm-hmm. when they think of the band derivatively. Yeah, um, that to me is like no, that one. I'm just, nope. I'm just I'm over it. I'm <laughs> over. Uh, how soon is now? You know. So what's the overall verdict? You know, now that we're taking in this album, you know, say somebody is coming in and listening to this album for the first time, because unlike us, I mean, we've heard this album because we're Smiths fans, but there's some people, believe it or not, that will not listen to them because of Morrissey. There, there are people Which out is there. Fair. Well, yeah, I mean, He's I trash. get it, <laughs> but, but so w- what would be your overall verdict? You know, listening to this self-titled album that was released back in 1984. Obviously, I, I still I'm just shocked that it's been 35 years since this album was released. I mean, before my time, obviously, but um, this, this album is younger than me, which makes me by a year. Um, <laughs> it, that makes me very I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to sorry to oh. sorry sorry to date you there. Um, I, I, that That's was not okay. in, that was not intentional. Um, but what do you no, think? No, it's, it's fine. It's fine. What, 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 so what would, what would you tell you know someone going into listening to this album? Both someone that has not listened to this album before and a Smiths fan like us. You know what would you tell them? Yeah, uh, it really is. It is it is ground low. It is entry level Smith. From there, I feel like the tracks you pick that you like off this should determine what you listen to next. Again, especially if you're like, you know, you're like us, um, and you love, you know, Hand and Glove and This Charming Man, proceed, you know, hop right over to, um, to Half Full Apollo. If you're more into uh, some pretty girls make graves with a hand that rocks the cradle, jump ahead to The Queen is Dead. Like, it really, you can sort of map where to go by what, what songs you like so because it, it is it's entry level so now that we've kind of you know digested and took in this album for and here in 2019 did your essential tracks change at all i know i, I know we talked a lot about some of the songs were a little bit different like i used to love like like i said there's there's a couple tracks still it was one of them as well i agree with you that was one that i really loved when i first heard it and as i mentioned earlier i don't know you anything was one that i used to love as well um but my essential <laughs> tracks changed those used to be it but now it's i mean this charming man i think pretty much 
took over this album. And that was not my favorite one when I first heard this. My favorite one was the lead single, You Got Everything Now. And now, hearing it here in 2019, This Charming Man just took over to me. But what were, what are your essential tracks? Um, This Charming Man, I think, is Pretty Girls Make Grave used to be my number one. Mm-hmm. with this charming man in second and the hand that rocks the cradle is third um i think we switched all that around pretty girls is now at, thir- at third uh the hand that rocks the cradle is at second and this charming man uh, like is is in first and i think we can cement that that is probably i mean i really really love there's a life that never goes out um mm-hmm. i think that is just the most beautiful song in the whole world yes but i think for like just looking at the smiths uh, as a whole, this charming man is probably their best song. Definitely, it's not necessarily my favorite. It's it's in the top five and it shifts. Yeah, but it is probably their best song if you look at everything. Top that. I like it going going wow. out going out on a limb there. I like that very yeah, very I mean, strong opinion. I will I will argue there is a light that never goes out till the till the day that I that I leave. Um, that is to me. And, and it's probably a personal favorite thing, like you said, but in terms of best song, This Charming Man ha- definitely has a case for at least top three, um, at the very least. Yeah. So I will, I will agree. It's this version, not yeah. the version that's on Hat Full Apollo. Right. The, the Smith right. version is the better. Absolutely. The better version. Absolutely. So f- give Libby a follow on Twitter. She's at Libby Cudmore on Twitter. Look her up. She's down in the bio. Just search her name on Twitter. You'll get her as well. Follow her on Twitter. Follow all of her work at consequencesound.net. So before we end this, I definitely want to ask you, because I'm a big podcast guy. So you have a fantastic yeah. podcast as well. Um, tell us a little bit about your podcast that you do. Uh, well, I do uh, the OST party with uh, Joseph Wade, who uh, tweets at Cordial Wombat. I. Mm. Uh, Joe is a, a great uh, movie critic. He has, has written for a bunch of places. We met when we were both working as film critics for Something Awful. And uh, obviously I'm a huge music nerd, so we sort of fused his love of movies, my love of music, into a podcast revo- reviewing movie soundtracks. And love it. It is. It's a lot of fun. We've done uh, Right now we're, we're very focused sort of in this season and not through uh, any any deliberate actions, but I think just sort of our age range. We've done the po- the soundtrack to Clerks. We've done Batman Forever, which is you know obviously a, ah. a monumental soundtrack for anyone in their you know early thirties, late twenties. Yeah. Um, Seal. We we uncovered the link between Tom Waits and Smash Mouth. Ah. <laughs> and this week we've actually gone into uh, the soundtrack for The Crow. Ah, another classic. So, classic. Yeah, movies. and it was, I know, and that was, uh, I wanted to like that one more than I did, but I was sort of, I didn't love it, but I was sort of fascinated mm-hmm. by it. Yeah, same here. I have uh, it. Was, I have a bunch, like hundreds of movies, still on VHS that I still watch, and that was that's that's one of them uh, that I seem to keep in the collection after all these years. So I might have to go back mm-hmm. and watch that. It's been a long time, but yeah, that's you got a new subscriber. You got a new subscriber. <laughs> oh, well, just, great! Just subscribe. Yeah, I want to check a, it out. No, well, thank you. It's it's a lot of fun. We really enjoy doing it. Um, it's led to some some fights and occasional hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Because we sort of go back and forth on who uh, you know, who gets to pick the movie. So he picked it. The Crow, and I think he thought I'd really like it. And I'm like, this is really quite a silly film. <laughs> so, but, um, but no, it's a lot of fun. 
Absolutely. Libby, thank you so much for joining us today to thank help you. go back. It's and- so great to talk to another Smiths fan because obviously – we're few and far between. Yeah, days. not many of us left, so we got to stick together. Um, still, still agree that Morrissey is not the greatest human being, uh, nope. but love the music. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to give up the music when it's this good. And the Smiths is definitely one of those. Especially after all these years, hard to give them up. Still love it. Still love yeah. this album. Love the Queen is dead. Libby, thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Again, thanks her fantastic, for me. her fantastic review up at consequencesound.net. Guys, go check it out. Her written review, and she joined us today on the podcast. Libby, again, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. We'll talk soon. That'll do it for this week's Album of the Week, a weekly series here on the Consequence of Sound Podcast Network that features an in-depth discussion with myself, the host, Dedrick Hendricks, and various staff writers at ConsequenceofSound.net where we talk the most topical release of the week, whether it's a classic review like we did this week with the Smiths or a new album of the week, an album that is just coming out this week, most topical release. So again, that has been this week's Album of the Week. Again, I've been your host, Dedrick Hendricks. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, everywhere podcasts are available. Make us one of your favorites and keep up by subscribing. Then scroll on down and leave us a review and let us know what you guys are thinking. So that'll do it. This has been the Album of the Week. Consequence Podcast Network.